Even if I change, it feels like dying. Some new man goes sauntering away. And I'm dead. People have traveled with me and I've lost them. Lost them all. Never again. Your song is ending, sir. This is the doctor's final battle. You must stand at arms. Or lose himself and all this world. Welcome to Time for 13, a Doctor Who podcast. We are here to talk about uh, what's called the specials, the the end of David Tennant's run, uh, his last uh, specials that they did instead of a full season. Uh, joining me, as always, uh, is the doctor to my companion, the companion to my doctor, Rob. Oh, that's very kind. <laughs> Isn't that nice? <laughs> very nice. Thank you. So, yeah, so we decided to do this a- separately just because there's a lot of a lot of stuff um, sort of packed into this uh, these these last couple episodes. So we thought would be you know, they would deserve their own uh, side uh, little side half podcast, I guess it would be uh, just like David Tennant did did want to do a whole season. We're not going to do a whole episode. Yeah. That. <laughs> is, is that what the story is about these? I, I think so. Well, part of it is Hamlet. Like we talked a little bit about last time. Yeah. He got a chance to do Hamlet and it was sort of like, I don't want to quit, but at the same time, I want to do Hamlet. So they're like, uh, all right. And by that, by the time that the last episode aired, I believe that they had, they had sort of made the announcement like this is his last run. He is getting ready to, to step down. So they, they said, okay, we're not doing a whole season. We're going to do specials. And at the time, I remember being really excited about it. I'm like, ooh, they're going to be like mini movies. And it was just like, oh, no, they're just kind of like episodes. <laughs> well, and, but you know what, though? It's also for somebody who's now just diving back into the show. This is it's it's like a continuity disaster in terms of like, you know, I'm starting with series one, two, mm-hmm. three, four. And then there's stuff. And then five, six, seven, eight. Nine. <laughs> like, like, I'm just amazed that they didn't like. It's just the naming convention of this is just weird. Yeah, and 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 we'll get to when we get to the fiftieth, we'll have to figure that out because I'm not a hundred percent sure where that is because it's somewhere in here, right? Uh, because it has to because he talks about things that he did in the fiftieth, right? When he goes to see the Ood, right? So yeah, it's somewhere in there, but we'll 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 get to that when we get there. But before that, we have uh, what I like to call a an episode length swerve. Here it is, <laughs> segue. Those wrestling uh, fans know that. Oh that. wow! Yes, you did. Oh, the swerve. Right. So we, because we're starting out with the Christmas special of that year, which is known as the Next Doctor, aka Finding Jackson. <laughs> 
poor, uh, poor Dory. So, the Dory, the Dory of the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's true. Oh, yeah. Because it's interesting because like they they sort of made us think that this was going to be the next thing. Like they they sort of you know they came out the Christmas specials. Call the next Doctor. There's a guy running around saying he's the Doctor. So it's sort of like oh wow maybe they're doing the regeneration. They're doing the in a different way. Like he's meeting the future self. He gets to do an episode and stuff too. And nope. I don't know. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of the next Doctor one. Uh, partly is because I mean I think David Morrissey is fine. Like those of you who are Walking Dead fans, right. you know he did a big big run on uh, Walking Dead. But I don't know. It's like wild Cybermen and like fur costumes and the Cyber King and. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I got here's what I got from this one. They're, they're, I'm very. We're gonna have a very interesting talk about these four specials because it's yes. very or five technically because it's kind of uneven. This yeah, one they're all over the place again, a, a very, a very big thing of the tenant years, which, which we'll talk about is amazing moments, sometimes nestled in between garbage. <laughs> and, and I got to say, like, I can't, I don't, I, the cyber squatches, which I call them cyber squatches. <laughs> That's better. That's I, I didn't really understand that. They go full on iron giant when the cyber yeah. giant shows up. It just totally, totally random. I don't know. I still don't understand Miss Hardigan. Yeah. What? Why? How? Yeah. When? <laughs> I don't understand any of it. However, Rosita is awesome. True. Um, I think the what if moments of him, you know, encountering what he thinks at the beginning is is a future self. Mm-hmm. I think it are actually really great. All yeah. Th- I think all the stuff with just him and like with Tennant and Morrissey. Um, the, the David and David are really, really good. Like all the stuff where he thinks he's talking to his future self and like the, the some sort of comparing notes and all that stuff. That is where the episode really is, shines. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's great. You know, the rest of it is just, I, I mean, I, I just gave up wondering like, what if, like, I, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on here, but it's kind of fun and it's interesting. And I love the moments of him and, and him pondering his future as the doctor. Yeah. It's again with the, every time they, bring back a, another a villain again. It's sort of like, Oh, it's the, the, it's the diminishing returns. You know, the first time the Cybermen show up again, you're like, Oh wow. Cybermen, they look, they look so cool and, and new right. and different and stuff. And every time they show up, it's like, Oh, it's the Cybermen again. Do, do they even explain why does the one, the main, the head Cyberman with the exposed brain? What is, who is that? Why? What's I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, like it's the, all this stuff is, sparks off of that that one thing like you know the the daleks ended up in new york and then the one escaped from new york and ended up at the in the end of the last series and now these guys are ones who fell after canary war fell through time and ended up back in this time period and yeah yeah it's it's just like they they sort of like they just keep stretching that stuff out to try and bring back daleks and cybermen and and i think i read in my I, i think i read in the notes too um neil uh uh gaiman uh-huh. Um, Gaiman, talks yeah. about Gaiman talks about that these Cybermen from this episode, the basically in their writing it, that they're the ones who eventually encounter the Mondas Cybermen and they result in the Cybermen that appears in a future Matt Smith episode called Nightmare and Silver. Oh, so there's okay. a whole, which is a, which is a really good episode. Yes, there's there's a whole there is a continuity of the of these particular Cybermen. But okay. um, again, I had a, I had to read that to know yeah. that. <laughs> totally lost the thread of where they came from, but it's interesting because that you can see how they can be done well. Like I mean, like I, it's sort of like the they, they the Daleks show up in Manhattan and it's like 
okay, that was an all right episode. But then they show back up again uh, at the end of the last series, and it was sort of like that was really and they stealing the plants and everything, and that was and with Davros, wow, there's all this great stuff with them, right, right. Uh, and same thing, like Simon show up here, and then they're going to show up again, and actually are pretty menacing. I mean, like uh, in that episode, that one we'll talk to when we, when we get there, they actually are scary again. No, I like. I mean, again, I, I really come back to I love. I love the portrayal. I love the acting. I love the little bit of a sort of a nod to the Wizard of Oz, you know, <laughs> that he's sort of fallen into a, a you know, into a, a reality that he doesn't fully understand. He has his balloon and everything. Uh-huh. It's, it's, I mean, no, like, I mean, I found enough throughout the episode that I was like, wow, that is cool. And I appreciate the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was almost like they had a great idea for that. And then they're like, yeah, we need a villain. Yeah. And then they cobbled we together that. <laughs> we just use the Daleks a lot. Like, yeah, what exactly. else do we have? Yeah. We got the we got the Cybermen costumes out there. Oh, okay. So. But uh, I, but still not the worst Christmas episode. Oh, no no. <laughs> <laughs> not by a long shot. No, it's not. Here's the deal. I would I would actually watch this again. Correct. Yep. I did. I didn't. And, and watching again, I didn't mind. It was one of the things where I was dreading. And actually, of all these, like I like look, looking forward to the specials. I was like, oh yeah, I enjoyed all those. So I wasn't like going, oh god, I have to watch that. Oh, I don't know about the next one. I'm. I might be <laughs> oh gonna- really? Interesting. Okay. So then let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Planet of the Dead, aka Back to the Stargate Three. McFlies. McFlies. I mean, I don't even know what to say about this episode. <laughs> well, I can tell you it was the first episode shot in HD. Does that make any difference? Oh, to you? that's interesting. Well, it does look okay. Okay, yes, but you know, you do that in a desert. That I guess helps. Yes. yes. Okay, it's back. I mean, like all I got was a Back to the Future vibe mm-hmm. with Stargate mixed in, and the the humanoid flies <laughs> like. What? Yeah, again, the, 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 the Doctor Who art department just seems to like take a uh, person uh, slap animal thing on them. Uh, okay, Rhino Head. Now you're a Jadoon. Fly Head. Now you're. I can't remember what these guys are, are called, but yeah, I don't even remember. I mean, like, I guess what I thought's interesting is, I mean, certainly an interesting concept. Now this is now, and this is technically, is this the first Easter episode? I believe. So. Well, officially, I mean, like, I think I believe that's what it, it did. Okay, because because they make it because they make the reference at the beginning where he's kind of makes the funny joke of like, yeah, I was at the first <laughs> one, and you let me tell you what happened, and then they cut, which was really funny. No, I, I, what I assume here is, look, I think this was an interesting, I think this was an interesting episode in terms of, okay, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's separate the doctor from the TARDIS, obviously let's put him in a weird spot with a bunch of people, which we've had an episode sure. in the last series that did this. And then I guess was this a little bit of stunt casting with Michelle Ryan? It was. Yeah. So again, trying to pick up off the, the, some of the mm-hmm. ones we've talked about in the past, you know, it's, it, they try, uh, I, I don't know. This, this, I really enjoy Planet of the Dead. I think it's a fun romp. Like, you know, in terms of like the heaviness that we're about to get to, it's sort of the last time he's having fun, even though it's still, you know, trying to save people and, and people die and stuff too. And, oh. and unit gets all military, but he, it's still like a, you know, there's a, like basically Catwoman. Uh, uh, on the bus that he, you know, she takes charge right. and he, he sort of ends up being companion to her. And then, yeah. there. and then you have Lee Evans, who's another one of my favorite sort of uh, British character actors. Uh, he's in a great movie called Funny Bones. He's taking it up, but he's done a ton of stuff in England uh, as the, the professor that's sort of on the other side, helping the doctor uh, with unit. And then there's a lot, and we get a lot of uh, future con- uh, future stuff. Like he will knock four times that woman, that oddly psychic that's on the bus. Um, and we get a flying, Double decker bus. So, right. you know, back to the future. Well, that's that's why I went. I mean, it was heavy back to the future there. I was like, OK, um, he's piloting a bus. Um, No, like, you know, it, I mean, it, it even had a little bit of, um, you know, this is now this is an interesting uh, 
callback. It had a little bit of pitch black to it. Mm, okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, the creatures yeah. that you know that are swarming and they're coming at you. So, I mean, I, I think they borrowed from a couple different concepts, which was fine. Yeah, Doctor Who likes to do that. Well, and, and I also thought it was interesting that they teased a lot of tension between sexual tension mm-hmm. between the Doctor and and Michelle Ryan's character. And I love the fact that he, the one thing I, the one thing I really do like about this is at the end he has the guts to be like, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, you're not coming on board. No, you know, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna get you. Let you get a break. But no, no, you're not coming. Sorry. <laughs> Later. Which leads into which 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 is a really telling. I will say, very amazing character arc for the Doctor in these specials, mm-hmm. which we'll get into the next episode. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, like, I, I I thought it was I thought it was an interesting concept. It didn't work for me, but ah, that's yeah, I mean, that's, that's fun, cool. yeah, as as a fun romp that was. Sure. This is this is the first uh, thing they ever put out on Blu-ray and stuff too. Which is so interesting now that we're like sort of at this 4K revolution, resolution, oh, revolution. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that like this is like talking about when Doctor Who first went high definition. Then they have to make all the sets look better. Yeah, that's right. Because then everything looks even more cardboardish. That's right. They had to update everything. All right. So then let's let's move on to um, uh, the waters of Mars, a.k.a. Event Horizon in the Biosphere. Ooh, yeah. I want to say this. Now, <laughs> if, you're, if you're sitting there going, what? You got to look up Event Horizon. It is a science fiction horror movie mm-hmm. from the late '90s. I want to say Sam Neill, yeah. a few other people. Yep, and it's 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 terrifying. This is one of the most terrifying, dark, bloomy, off my feet episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Okay. I had never seen this before. I had not seen this episode at all. I had heard of it, and it is. I loved it. I cannot imagine what a child would have thought watching this episode. Yeah, because it is probably the darkest episode of Doctor Who in terms of content. Because It's crazy scary. It's crazy deep. It's crazy dark. Except for one scene that I really wish they would cut. Okay. When they get on the robot and he like <laughs> jerry rigs it and they hot rod through the thing. I literally <laughs> sat there and went, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? That is so out of tone from the entire episode. And I honestly think it's there because I think they realized, wow, we this is a real dark episode. We need a little bit of comic like a comic break. That was not the way to do it. Like, honestly, I I hate that. I hate that scene. Oh, because because I love the fact that without that scene, this is literally nothing but a gut punch. Mm, Yeah, because we we get to see um, the doctor at his darkest. Oh my God! Yes. Or it, for him, it's at the height of his, you know, his hubris, I guess, before the fall. Uh, so I've got a little piece of that. This is when uh, he, awesome. originally, he was going to leave everyone to die, but then like comes rushing back in, like, nope, you know what? I'm gonna not like, I'm not gonna this fixed point in time thing. Bah, that's for other people. You said we die for the future for the human race. Yes, because there are laws. There are laws of time. And once upon a time, there are people in charge of those laws, but they died. They all died. Do you know who that leaves? Me! It's taken me all these years to realize the laws of time are mine. And they will obey me! Yeah. <laughs> he is really at the height of his like, oh, well, <laughs> I am going to be the lord of time. Well, you know what? You know what it got me is, is that, and I don't think I've ever seen this, and, and we're getting into now a really great period of the show mm. as we get into the next couple series, because it, it really, I think, focuses on this. I don't think the show has ever really addressed the idea as companion as conscience. Mm, yeah. As clearly as this does. And that without it, he becomes what he always derides the Time Lords as becoming. Yeah. 
And it's almost like the idea is that the companion is what truly keeps the doctor from going down his genetic road of of eternity. Like everything that he talks about why he left, he will become that without a companion. The master, you know, we see has never had. Exactly. No, I think it's I think it's incredibly well done. I love every part of it. And I mean, and again, I mean, how much dark can you get with the end Mm -hmm. where the person you save then decides to kill kill herself? Yeah. Yeah. So I have the the piece audio that right before that, too. You should have left us there. I've done this sort of thing before. In small ways, say some little people. But never someone as important as you. Oh, I'm good. Little people? What, like Mia and Yuri? Who decides they're so unimportant? You? For a long time now, I thought I was just a survivor, but I'm not. I'm the winner. That's who I am. The Time Lord Victorious. And there's no one to stop you. No. This is wrong, Doctor. I don't care who you are. The Time Lord Victorious is wrong. That's for me to decide. How different we have a doctor as the one who said, in all my years of traveling, I've never met someone who wasn't important. And now he's talking about, oh, you're one of the important people, not one of the little people. Right. I mean, like he is really at the height of his arrogance. Uh, All of it. And then, yeah, and then, like you say, then she goes upstairs and show him that there are limits even what he can do. It's it's definitely the darkest, like, again, it it actually brings better light to what you will see during the Matt Smith and the Peter Capaldi years. Mm -hmm. And I think this is no, I mean, like, I mean, having not having not seen this episode, I'm like, wow, it actually adds a lot to the overall story of the doctor. So this is a must see. I mean, anybody should see this episode. Yeah, I agree. And uh, a shout out to our, our mutual friend, Beth, who wanted to make sure that we had, we spent a good deal of time talking about this. Cause it's, Oh her. yes. So, oh no. I've talked to her about this and yeah. she totally, hello Beth. She, uh, no, she talked about how much she loves this episode and I completely agree. It's awesome. It's, yeah. It's, it's really, it's a really, really strong episode and it's good uh, being where it is in the running order too, because it's sort of like, you know, sort of building up. Like if this had played first, <laughs> it wouldn't oh, I, have gone quite as well. You know, have this plan of the dead or something. But yeah, so they, they did a nice job building up because they were good to it. But before we get to David Tennant's final episodes, there is one little appearance that, that sneaks in right in between this. And that's uh, the 10th doctor appeared on the Sarah Jane adventures before he actually regenerated. It was an episode called the wedding of Sarah Jane Smith. Because uh, their episodes are, are two parters because they're all half hour because they're they're more designed for kids. Uh, but she finds a man and falls in love with him, uh, and then they're about to get married. And it turns out that it's all an elaborate plot by the trickster who was a recurring villain on on that show uh, to set her up. He found a guy who'd be perfect for her who had died, and then resurrected him. And so the it was the fa- here being faced with the impossible choice of do I get married to the man that I have legitimately fallen in love with and vice versa, and then give up all of the saving planet earth stuff too, or do I sacrifice my love to save the world? Uh, and of course, you know, it's doctor who, so you know what she's going to pick, but and he, he got to show up too. And then she, they didn't get a lot to interact with. He had just ended up interacting with the kids a lot more, but at the end, there's a little moment. I'm going to play some of that for you uh, for those. You. Oh, and for those of you who like me are cheapskates, uh, all of the Sarah Jane adventures is streaming on Amazon prime right now. So if you're an Amazon prime member, you can watch that. 
So let me play a little bit of that audio. Of uh, This is at the end of the episode. Is this the last time I'm ever going to see you? I don't know. I hope not. Bye, Doctor. Until the next time. Don't forget me, Sarah Jane. No one's ever going to forget you. It was a nice little moment just a little coda so those of you who are, are still missing your uh 10th doctor there's a little you know, sort of lost adventure out there and, and also he was doing stuff for big finish audio too so you can do some new adventures with him too okay wait i never had heard of that ep- i had not seen that episode i'm gonna have to look it up yeah um it sounds incredibly heartbreaking it, it, it's well <laughs> it is still it is still it, it is a little bit but it is for kids so I mean, like they, every like I, I watch it and I was sort of like, oh yeah, this is why I don't watch the show on a regular basis because it is very much like Sarah is very quickly like shunted to the side so the kids can save the day stuff. So oh, it's like, gotcha. oh, okay. Well, because it's you know I, I get the idea that this is like Doctor Who aimed at the eight to ten. Right, right, and right. And so my ten year old who has watched Doctor Who kind of watched a little bit was like, yeah, no, because <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like once you it's it's that it's that once you've been drinking Coke when you go to Coke Zero there's or Diet Coke there's a big difference you can tell right but uh but it's still fun i mean it, and also she's always great you know Elizabeth oh yeah it's always fantastic the the 11th doctor also does show up on the episode as well in, in another episode that's the one with katie manning i've seen that scene oh have you okay yeah that's very funny yeah. we'll talk we'll have to get to that yeah, we'll get to that when we get to there so but now we're getting into the the really heavy stuff all right we're getting into the end of time aka now this is part one the running man <laughs> Now, if you're wondering, like, what? Okay, because that's a short, that's a movie, right? Yes, but also very apt description. Because he runs, he runs in the entire episode. <laughs> well, one, yeah. We'll talk about part one first, but yeah. Okay, so so we have um, a lot of the. Uh, I, I really like this because he Russell T Davies just keeps adding stuff on. I mean, it is it is fairly simple in terms of like it's the Doctor, it's the Master. And then a couple of people around them, uh, Wilfred being the, the big one, and Donna lightly and, and that stuff too. But that's pretty much it. It's not like we had at the end of the series where it was everybody together. Well, you know, I mean, I, that's kind of, I mean, look at, I'll tell you, I'm a little iffy on these two, this, this whole final two parts because, okay, Wilfred is the companion. Yes, absolutely. Basically. 100%. And he's amazing. Yes. And he's amazing. And there are amazing moments with him. Yeah. And the master... I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm still so confused. He got resurrected. How? <laughs> I know. And, and, I know. And, why is he, and why is he, like, towed from the X-Men now? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I'm going to say something that um, I think is going to be controversial among the Doctor Who fans. I think uh, I think Sim was overacting a little bit in these episodes. Oh, oh, oh a little. <laughs> Like, I got to tell you wow. something, though. The guy, the guy, I mean, like, to, hey, to his credit, uh-huh. he will just, he will destroy a scene. Yes. Right. Like, boy, like, basically, like, they had to destroy all the furniture because he had chewed it all up by the end of the oh, scene. Oh, my God. I mean, he's ridiculous. That now, was one of the weirdest choices of this whole thing. Like, you're right. About the superpowers thing is a little bit like, why do you need to give him superpowers? Okay. I guess so he can, at the end, he has, he can fight them or something. But yeah, they, Somehow he had encoded himself on a ring, like as, as as I guess as a version of like the pocket watch, but like a genetic version of that. Like I'm, I'm just I'm just spitballing here. This is what oh, I. Oh yeah, I know you have to because there's yeah. But he had already he had had like a secret society of women apparently, 
who were, should something happen to me, bring me back. So you'll need this part that has my genetic code you know, like a, trapped in it. And then you'll need an actual biological sample as like the key that will open it. And what was the biological sample? It, it, she had, he had kissed her right before she killed him. And she's never washed her face right? that was, since that <laughs> that's time. What I was saying too. It's like really after all this time, like her, her, this because it's it's at least a year later, if not right? a couple years later. So like, why would of all the yeah? And that was that was, but it was nice bringing her back and having her have a little bit of agency. You know, like having something to do. You know, to try to stop them. Like I knew you would do something like this. No, I I get I it. I see your MacGuffin and I raise you a MacGuffin because turns out this random lady is with me. What bomb explosion? Super speed. And it's still and I still just couldn't get over like he's. I mean, the doctor his run like here's the master. He toe jumps right yes. to like like a hundred yards away. And then the doctor's like, okay, then he just runs. <laughs> Was part one running long oh, wait, 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 running short because boy, there's a lot of just them running through the wasteland. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what is going on? I would have happily spent 10 more minutes with the, the gray shield. No, shoot. I forgot their, their title now. Wilfred and his, Oh my God. The yes. Dang it. I had it. And I lost it. Um, the silver something or other. Um, I would have happily spent 10 more minutes riding around on the bus with them. They were really just, funny. Yeah, they were yes. really funny. It just as opposed to just random running, <laughs> running around the silver the society or whatever it's called. Right. Yeah. So, no, like, I mean, I, I mean, like, again, these really funny moments and then you're just like, what is going on? And you know, the thing you get from it is, is like, okay, the master has a Lucifer complex. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, like it's cause he is so bent on, on tempting, you know, I mean, okay. To, to add a little bit of, of like the religious metaphor that they're using which here. They have never been one to shy away from, which of course, and it's clearly, this has always been in the show. Yes. The master here is the Lucifer complex tempting the doctors, Adam slash God with you love these people so much. They're going to let you down. Mm-hmm. You love the, you, everything that you think the way the universe should work. I'm going to show you. It doesn't. Yeah. And you get and you get that mockering. I mean, like, I again, like, you know, because the, the dialogue and the acting and the dialogue, again, reminds me how much the star of the show that that is. Yeah, it's when when it's those moments, it's really compelling. It's very interesting. But uh, yeah, the running and just and the, and, and the eating. What's with the eating? Oh, oh, oh my I, God. Him and oh him God. talk about gravy and chips and, and flesh and bleh. it's like okay like they did it once it's like all right and then oh they keep bringing it back it's like did we need to have like three minutes of screen time of watching him eat a turkey come on it just you know i mean it got i i just i don't know i got senses of like uh danny boyle and uh, 28 <laughs> days later like you know i mean it's 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 a it's a, seriously like i mean like there's just so much going on uh-huh. but yet but yet like you said i thought that was funny is there's only like three or four characters in this yeah and that's it uh, yeah the nice thing is because it it starts out as because i remember watching this live and um, watching, you know, going like, oh, it's the master and like, boy, he's really overacting. <laughs> Even then I was thinking that and building up between the two of them. And then they introduce like the the king in his counting house. And it's, hey, it's Martian Manhunter from from Supergirl. Uh, David ah, Harewood. That was pretty cool. Uh, now, like, of course, at the end, I had no, no idea who he was. And again, another completely forgettable character from uh, from Doctor Who, because there's just so much going on that he's there. And then at the end of the episode, the narrator turns out to be Rassilon, and the Time Lords are coming back. Oh, my God. Like, that was a, such a huge, huge thing of like, I didn't see that coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, which also... Timothy Dalton. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. What a great choice. But uh, okay, but God bless him. 
and I think it's part, it happens in this episode and the next episode does not suffer from dry mouth. Yeah, oh, oh my God. Like, no, that scene, like they were like, okay, so here's the deal. Timothy, here's what we want you to do. <laughs> we want you to deliver this line as, as articulate as you possibly can do. And we're going to, we're going to light you in a dark room <laughs> with just the right lighting so that every piece of spit that comes out of your mouth is going to be lit up. I, yeah, I think it was just one of those quirks of things where it started happening and they're like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Because if you watch um, Hot Fuzz, which he has a major part in, he's, he does the same thing in Hot Fuzz. It's just like, hey, you know, it's like I some actors have dry mouth. He does not. Yeah, that's OK. That's it's just funny. Now, the whole thing yeah. with the Rassilon. OK, mm-hmm. so now if you're not if you're not a longtime fan of classic who you're like, well, the hell's the Rassilon? Yeah. But what, how do they do they ever explain like Rassilon is he's a major part of the five doctors, which is the 20. 20th anniversary special right. from 1983. Yeah. Isn't he dead? Yes, but he re- he regenerated. And I think the idea is that the, well, we don't know what was regenerated because he comes back again. They brought him back to fight the time war. Oh. They, they, they basically say that somewhere along the line, they needed somebody who was like, you know, who could handle this, this level of fifth dimensional, you know, strategy or whatever. So they, they, they brought him back. They resurrected. Either they, Pulled him from time, which they which they they did a lot in the Time War, or they had him regenerate, and this is the latest regeneration. Oh my goodness, that's so yeah. There's, there's yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. No, no. Well, okay. Well, actually, that's that's part one. We pretty much have gotten up. Yeah, we sort of rolled into a little bit into part two. Um, what what did which, you by the think? way, which which my title for part two? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay, so end of time part two, aka Valet Dachum. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I okay now. So Latin yes. for farewell ten, which is the song that is being sung at the near the end of the episode. Yep, yep. Anyway, I've, got it, I've got it on the, on my cue list. All right, we'll get there. So go ahead. Yeah, I got you. Uh, but oh, the, I want to play a little bit too, just from part one before we get too much into part two. Um, one of my favorite scenes uh, is the Doctor and uh, Wilfred sitting down. Oh, and then, as, first, as Wilfred has tracked him down, and he cannot figure out how this could be, uh, and then sort of talks a little bit about what he knows is coming, that the end of his time is coming. Even if I change, it feels like dying. Everything I am dies. Some new man goes sauntering away. And I'm dead. I, it's the first time we've really seen a doctor sort of know his death is coming. And exactly. then he really, really... Reflective. More reflective, yeah and, yeah. and even a little bit, you know, resentful of it. Some new man goes sauntering away. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen them having to, the, the fourth doctor was famously chased by his own <laughs> regeneration. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we've seen them like sort of knowing it was coming and that kind of thing, but uh, never one that was sort of like, yeah, it's going to happen and it's going to suck. I don't, I don't want it. Like, I, sure, I, the doctor gets to live on, but I'm gone. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it gets really sad. And then to get into all the stuff with Donna, which again, head out for all the stuff you're doing, bringing back stuff, and you still couldn't fix Donna. Come on, Russell. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm very frustrated by the part two. I, I mean, I was already frustrated by part one. I, I'm even, here's all I got to say, okay? You know, I keep talking about like, you know, the ridiculous scenes mixed with the regular stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, not even to get, I mean, this is, I'm not even really, this is just, you know, obviously part of the story. There is a line. I'm going to read you a line from the okay. Wikipedia Wikipedia entry from this episode. Okay. <laughs> the part Here's, two. This is part two. Part two. Okay? okay. Here it is. The doctor fears the horrors that Gallifrey will bring to Earth 
And as the Vinvochi bring their ship to land, the doctor jumps from it into Naismith's mansion, armed with only Wilfred's gun. Now, here's the deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to state that line because you'd think, oh, well, that's Wikipedia. They're just kind of, you know, like, you know, smashing together a bunch of plot points. And he obviously didn't just jump off of a spaceship into the mansion because how the hell would that happen? Right. No, that's exactly what that's happens. Exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. And it is the most ridiculous thing in a, an episode full of time locks and regenerations and everything else. Because like, that, that's what? how I can summarize it all. He halo jumps yeah. off a spaceship <laughs> in through a plate glass window into a mansion with no shoot, no helmet, <laughs> no nothing. Because on, on all this stuff, the doctor is still supposed to be just a guy. I, I mean, not, not, obviously, soon he will not be just a guy. So let me just put that out there. But just a person. Exactly. Just, right. just like, you know, he, he maybe has some little psychic abilities. He has a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience and, you know, and, and that stuff. But he's still supposed to be just a person. And yeah, that was like. You couldn't think of any other way to get him into that mansion. And and, and I kind of jumped and when I jumped ahead on this because because I wanted to start off with that. You juxtapose that with the absolutely amazing sequence where he is talking with Wilfred on the oh, ship. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Which I, of course, is, I don't have any audio from that, but that is one of my favorites. Okay, so so this is the reason why you watch this episode, because he has this amazing conversation with Wilfred where he wished, you know, he even said, he goes, you know, I'd be proud if you were my father and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it's fantastic. The dialogue is when it's just the dialogue and it's well done. It's what makes the show work. Yeah. I don't understand. what, And I know this changes a little bit as we get was we'll get to Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. Why do they do the such ridiculous stuff yeah. that I think honestly ruins the storytelling? Because it's it's I mean, you know, I don't get I don't understand. That scene is so absurd. So ridiculous and just not even explained. No, he just like <coughs> dusts himself off. Like if it was during a regeneration cycle, you know, we've seen that like, oh, right. I really hurt. Like I grew my hand back, but like, okay, but he's really just a guy. And like, it, he's not any tougher than anyone else. So he should be at least have cracked ribs and not be able to breathe. I mean, like, because yes. he, he doesn't land on anything. He lands on the hard floor. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, I mean, I mean, we're not even, see, we're not even giving this justice. You, if you haven't seen this episode, you yeah. have to see this sequence. Yeah. Because you literally go, oh, what? Like, they're bringing the ship really super fast and they're going, and they pull out the last second and then he jumps out of the thing and just jumps. Like, they don't have any type of, like, teleportation thing that he no, could do. Or, no or airbag. No balloon. driver to, slow his descent no he has no 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 umbrella nothing nope. he's not even wearing his coat he's just a, he's just in his Seriously. suit and so no and i mean like you know and, and not to like you know again some of the stuff that is so you know the show has gone through periods where they'll do the like what the heck is going on and then mm-hmm. you'll get to understand it a little bit right the woman the woman that keeps showing up that is supposedly his mother i was just about to ask about that what the heck do you, do you think it was his mom do you think that's the idea well there? they've okay so i don't know because it could be it could be a, like we've talked about in the past it could there's a variety of and again not to be gender specific here because it's a time lord right it could be romana it could have yep. been the Rani. it could have yep. been all these different people the, the the I've if you read about it they've said that they've kind of assumed it's his mother, yeah, like that's, that's what the, the intention was. But they never they never even give you a hint of what's going on. Right, at least at least with Moffat, and you know, and I have my problems with Moffat, and I know people do too. 
But at least with Moffat, he'll put out something ridiculous, and it's up to you whether you want to believe it or not. Like, he'll oh. just have these little asides that the doctor will say stuff, and he'll be like, what, really? Well, face, the face of Bo. Right. Yeah, exactly. Jack. Yeah, face of Bo, you, you can kind of like, you can pick it, you can take it, you can leave it. But to just leave this completely open, this always bugs me in storytelling. I, I don't mind if you, if you allude to one way or the other and don't come down on it. But to leave it completely wide open and just be like, huh? Ah, uh, it's just... Well, okay, and why does why does Rassilon have an Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> they needed to give him something, and it wasn't going to be a gun because they made a big deal of. But of I mean, they the could have used the staff or something. So, why does he have a real? I mean, literally, it's. I mean, literally, it looks like. I think it, it's probably just pulled it from uh, from prop storage. Like it's That's a it's a literal you know gauntlet from a <laughs> from a, a suit of armor. No, I, I mean, I got to say, like, obviously interesting, like, obviously, and, and really amazing at the end, the reveal of who the he is and the four knocks. Yeah, that's hard. That was hard. That was heartbreaking. As yeah. we, I don't know if you want to have any more from that until we get to this. Now, the final ending of this. And I, do, I have I have that from that. Yeah, I have that from that scene, of course, because I, I, I do it like with this is the, so this is the the end of that journey that he's that the, this doctor has taken from the height of like his hubris to being brought down to. Oh, I I made it! Like I I defeated the Time Lords, I defeated the Master, I did all this stuff, and I'm, then he hears the knocks and realizes that he has one more person to save, and that's what's going to be his undoing, and he does not take it well. Just leave me. Okay, right then I will. Because you had to go in there, didn't you? You had to go and get stuck. Oh yes. Because that's who you are, Wilfred. You were always this. Waiting for me all this time. Oh, really? Just leave me. I'm an old man, Doctor. I've had my time. Well, exactly. Look at you. Not remotely important. But me? I could do so much more! So much more! But this is what I get. My reward. But it's not fair! Live too long. No. No, no, please, please don't. No, don't, don't! Please don't, please! Wilfred, it's my honor. Oh God, I'm tearing up just listening to it again. It, because Wilfred is so amazing. <laughs> God, Bernard Cribbins, like in those scenes, is so fantastic. And I want to go back just a sec to talk about that scene we talked about, um, where he's telling the story. Like they're on, he's like, it's to be, he's excited about being in space, and he and the doctor are talking, and I, you know, I'd be happy to be my father. The story he tells about about being in the war is Bernard's story. That is a story oh, that he wow. told to Russell T. Davies. As uh-huh. Davies went, that is so beautiful. And he wrote it into the episode for, for Wilfred. It, like that he had proudly served in World War II and was incredibly proud of the fact that he had never fired his gun. Wow. And so like he like he's like, that is that was amazing. And so he put that in and then made that part of Wilfred's story. Oh, that's but, wonderful. Uh, that yeah. okay, that's fantastic. And so that pays off in this thing too. They're trying to get the doctor to do that and then the one last person he has to save and yeah and I don't, I don't think it would work as well with one of the regular companions like i think it really had to be someone like him so you could really have that 
that drama. You need the whole, and you need the whole character of someone who is of advanced age. You need the yes. whole, you need all of that. He plays that role perfectly. Yeah. And I got to tell you, like, okay, what's the saving grace of this is, is that the doctor, as he's ranting and raving and, you know, and he's angry and you, and everybody can relate to that. Like when things don't go your way and, and you believe that they should have, or you deserve it. Yeah. This amazing opportunity where he has that about face. Cause he really, he's listening to his own words come out of his mouth and he's realizing, wow, you know what? I have outlived my usefulness. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Instead of me berating you for doing this, you've actually saved me in the end. And that type of revelation a very powerful, incredibly yeah. well done. And I, you know, I mean, honestly, I think when they're writing stuff like this, you know, I think we all talk about this. We live in a world where we look around and we go, what the hell is happening? Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because that, that is why we die because all of us, every generation gets to a certain point. We're like, yeah, we actually limit the progress of what the world needs to become. <laughs> and then the next generation picks it up and says, okay, we got it. Yeah. We'll, we'll take it. <laughs> We'll take it another another couple steps forward right. after the two steps we just walk backwards. Yeah. I mean, that's the story of humanity. I mean, that's yeah. truly human human existence. And I it's wonderfully played in this. I mean, Tennant does a great job. The yeah. dialogue is wonderful. I love the it. Music fantastic. Murray Gold yes. was on top of it with that. Yes. And then uh of course the doctor absorbs has to absorb the radiation, um, drops it back off and then goes to get his reward, which of course is making sure that all the people who matter to him, his family, all his companions, everyone he is sort of has been close to him are all right. He goes and like checks in on everybody and uh, maybe even like checked in, in their timelines to see where they had gotten hurt or possibly killed uh, and then steps in to, you know, set one thing right for each of those before he says goodbye. And then it's great because it's largely just done through the music and, and, and performances. There's not a lot of just dialogue. Like right. it really just shows up and then he just gives that look. And he's so good at just standing there and everyone knows as soon as they see him, oh, like this is it. Yes. Oh, no, no. And very nicely done. My only issue is, and there's got to be more to this because I don't understand this. <laughs> Cause I, okay. You already know where I'm going with I this. Know where you're going. Yeah. I know so a little like, bit about this, you, you know, like, okay, Martha and Mickey. Oh, that's cool. They got married. There's, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing stuff. Okay. He saves them. They are going to get killed. He saves them. Save Sarah Jane's son visits Verity Newman, where she's got the book about her great grand grandmother or whatever. Yeah. Gives Wilford, which I I'll admit this. I cried at this part oh. when he shows up at the wedding of Donna yes. and he gives them the ticket, but he gives them the ticket bought with money from her father yes like okay <laughs> I, I wish i, I kind of wish i had seen that scene if they had had that scene at like the start of the episode and then not explained what it was oh my it, god it, it, like random like why would they just have a scene of the doctor asking a guy for a dollar yes cut back to this but yeah it's a no so you know he visits he gets rose tyler like the i guess in the timeline like a couple months yeah. before she meets the ninth doctor yep and like all of those are really heavy and serious yep. and, you know, and he sets Jack up with a date with Alonzo. Yeah. Where, where does that fit in? I mean, I'm not saying like, that's totally fine. Right. Like what I'm saying is like, that doesn't seem to be the, the gravity of like these other ones. Is there a backstory I'm missing a little bit, but it's not fantastic. <laughs> um, so at this point, Torchwood was done. Like they had done the third season and I, I can't remember what it was, but basically a big epic, you know, every, almost everyone dies or goes off at the end of the, the regular season. Torchwood. It, it would come back in, in children of earth and, and the, the final U S version where no one dies thing. 
to again to diminishing returns. Um, but he in the writer's tale, Rusty Davies really. How do I how do I say I don't I don't I don't how do I sound this without sounding like a jerk? He liked the character of Midshipman Frame and really had a fondness for the actor. Okay. And and then not in a I liked his performance way, but in I like the way he looks way. Okay, gotcha. Right. So I guess kind of a crush. Yeah, okay. And so he wanted to find a way to bring that character back, mostly, I think, so that he could have that guy around a little bit more. Now, I don't want to, I'm not trying to sound puerile. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, any Me Too stuff. It's in the book, it's played off as like a way, hey, hey, you know, jokey kind of thing. But I think that was part of what it was. It was sort of like, I really like both Jack and this guy. How about we put them together? Like, how about we make them a nice little couple? But, but, but they should have made it where like Jack was like hanging from a cliff and like the doctor says, hey, Alonzo, go save that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like what I mean is it's just there's not like, I mean, you really don't get the sense <laughs> that the level of, of the stakes are not as high other than. No. Hey, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> what the heck? It is a very Captain Jack Harkness thing to do. You know, well, like he's not going to die. You know, yeah, that's so true. Like- oh, that's true. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Forget it. Well, then Alonzo, Alonzo is hanging. <laughs> there you go. From a cliff. <laughs> I like that better. Yes. I think that would be better. However, it did get a chance for them to to go into the costume warehouse and break out every single character there. There's a there's a, a Jadoon, there's a half. I mean, like they really when it, there's and there's just and there's just some people that are like, uh, we got body paint. Uh you're orange guy, you're white red guy, guy and you're yeah. a white guy. <laughs> did you okay, I mean you know what, and you look at all these scenes. Can I have some funny ears? No. I mean, do you realize Okay, the what they had to do production wise to produce every single one of these little scenes? Yeah, and 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 just like with uh, we've heard from uh, in Avengers: Infinity War, the the real hero of this is the person who did the, the scheduling because yes. <laughs> to try and get all these actors who had scattered to the far winds doing all multiple shows and, and things to get them even just to do one day was was you know I'm, I'm sure a monumental task. But very nice though. I mean, actually, of all the, uh, you know this and this gives me a little bit of um, fondness since I remember the original show. This is this is probably the closest regeneration we've had to um, Peter Davison's mm. because in the fifth doctor, when, yeah, he re- when he regenerated, he actually had flashbacks of all his companions oh, and, yeah. then, and they actually recorded scenes for that moment, even the ones that were passed in his previous three years, three seasons of the doctor. And we'll see this. This now becomes a recurring thing that becomes yes. like a, a trend. So- exactly. So then we have okay. So after all of this stuff, and it's it's largely just played through the music and stuff too, and 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 a little bit of the the oud singing, as opposed to a lot of the other doctors, he does not get a final speech. I think mostly because we'd seen sort of all the pieces along the way. All he has is one little thing, and one has become one of his most famous lines, and that's of course. I don't want to go. Well, how perfect. Yeah. And with that, yeah, that's the, the end of David Tennant. So uh, his, his time in the doc. So looking back, how do you feel now that you've seen like the, the, I'd say mostly complete work of David Tennant as the 10th doctor, huge growth to the character. Mm-hmm. And I think to the story and I'll tell you a great episodes that series four yeah. still, I think is fantastic. But I will say, like, as I got through this, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a change. <laughs> I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't know, Colin Baker change, not a moment too soon. 
I, I will say, like, I don't know if it was the specials and that I really only except for the one I really got into. Yeah. Or I should say with the one. Yeah. I was like, OK, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for something new. Like, that's the beauty of the show. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's time for something else time for regeneration. But no doubt. I mean, there are there are definitely episodes of his of his series that I will watch again. And uh, yeah, I don't I, the show had tremendous character growth and why it's where it's where it's at today is because of him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it got to the, the, the higher than I think it ever had before. I, well, maybe uh, between him and, and Matt Smith, it reached a cultural penetration thing where it didn't. It wasn't a little obscure sci-fi show that some people watched, but right. really became a global phenomenon, mostly because of him. Uh, the, the show under under the David Tennant you know umbrella or whatever really grew to something way more. So it became an actual force. I mean, it went from like this tiny little sci-fi reboot thing to being on the cover of entertainment weekly right exactly it was amazing like, like the idea that you'd say that about doctor who like even in the 90s where it's sort of like oh that show why would that ever be I, I i think the part that got me was that the first time i think i went into uh a toys r us rest in peace <laughs> and there was doctor there were actually doctor who toys on the shelf in that aisle that always had the weird stuff <laughs> and i remember yeah. and i remember the first time you know all the weird mcfarlane and all the other things and I remember thinking to myself, the first time I saw Doctor Who toys on a shelf in an American store, a regular store, not a comic book store. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, holy cow, this is this is legit. This is a completely real thing. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, uh, he's he still is is still fantastic. And, and even just going back and looking at it, it's even after all the Doctor Who stuff we've seen from this point on uh, going back, his stuff is still so uh, alive. And so there's there's shows that. Only from a couple of years ago that are already dated. Right. Something you would recommend to anybody. Absolutely. Sit down. This is this is the guy. Like watch this stuff, and you're going to really enjoy what you see. And 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 also the respect he has for the character too. Now I'm not I'm not saying anything against Chris Reckleston, who like you know he did he did his job and he moved on. That's that's what he's like. But David Tennant has long been an ambassador of Doctor Who, and is happy to talk about it. Is happy to reprise the role. Like I mean, for goodness sakes. I, there are, there's some audio I wish I had, but all the ones I found online were really, really crappy. But he recently reprised his role as the doctor with the Muppets at the O2. <laughs> they really? Did, they did a live Muppets. I uh, think they performed the Muppet show essentially live, like a two-hour show. And one of the things was Pigs in Space. And the, Oh, that's awesome. The swine trek got stuck and Doctor Who showed up and he came running out with his Sonic full costume as the 10th Doctor. It was great. Like I say, you go to YouTube, find the stuff. Like I said, all the stuff I found were were really because it's just people recording on their camera phones. Oh, that's awesome! But yeah, it's it was really really funny, uh, and and watching him uh, struggle through uh, the the sound person trying to time the the sonic screwdriver sound effects at the oh, right geez. time as he's brandishing his sonic <laughs> screwdriver. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really funny in jokes, and it has a great Doctor Who esque ending that you need to see that I don't want to spoil for you. Oh, sweet! But yeah, so check that out on YouTube. But yes, uh, Doctor David is. is is obviously one of my favorites. He's amazing in the role. He, like I said, he he brought Doctor Who to a level of respectability, which I don't think they had even dreamed that it ever would ever get to. Absolutely, yeah. So it was a good time. So, all right. So that was our our discussion of uh, the specials and the end of David Tennant. We will be back uh, next time to talk about uh, the eleventh Doctor, Matt Smith. Yay! I'm yeah, excited. And, and all sorts of new wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff that we're going to get into because there because uh, this also. Uh, is the end of Russell T. Davies writing for Doctor Who. He uh, 
he wrote, you know, the end of time was his last episode. He has stepped away and said that he is not interested in, in stepping back. So in a very Christopher Eccleston kind of way, he said, nope, that's for the next guys. Like they can take it from here. Uh, has never come back to write an episode uh, or anything. About, he, he still does some stuff on um, Sarah Jane Adventures chronologically from this point. But he was, as opposed to Doctor Who, he has stepped away and handed it off to the next guys and uh, let them do their own stuff. And and definitely kudos to him because, yes. I, I mean, he brought the show back. Yep, absolutely. I mean, without him, the show doesn't come back. Right. So awesome job. And he's obviously a fantastic writer and, and a showrunner and stuff too, but also he is great at finding talent because like all the people that he had, he had hired to do this stuff, uh, all the writers and, and uh, production people behind the scenes really went on to do a lot of great stuff as well. So, yeah, so he's, uh, we say goodbye to both of them too. So we're the, when we do the next thing of who it is going to be a whole new animal, a brand new, everything they're going to totally reboot. It. Um, and we'll see that. Uh, and we're, and we're, cause as we're just about to go through that regeneration <laughs> sequence again, <laughs> Coming up here in the fall was a, a whole new creative team and cast take over. This this was the first time that we had gone through that. Awesome. So yeah, thank you for everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to ta- listen to us natter on about Doctor Who. Uh, thank you to Engineer Alice for making us sound as good as we can possibly be. All the professionalism comes from her. All the mistakes are my own. And we will uh, go out today listening to uh, the alternate title for this episode, Valet Dickens. Goodbye, ten. Uh, there's also if you're if you're a super nerd, you can also find someone has uh, broken down the Latin translation of uh, what his song is too. So this is a song written specifically uh, to say goodbye, Doctor Who, for uh, say goodbye to ten by Murray Gold, sung by the Ood. We'll play a little of that as we go out. So we'll see you next time. You've been listening to a Legible Scrawl audio production. Find out more about us at our website, LegibleScrawl.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at Legible Scrawl, or find us on Facebook. The music you're listening to is Zazzy by Kevin McLeod. You can find out more about him at Incompetech.com. And as always, you're welcome. You're welcome.